ready to take questions from the floor. Any of you who wish to uh, fire questions at me, I'm ready for it right now. I have my advisors standing by and our mimeograph forms. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, you know, life is that way. Hey, uh, we'd like to salute the Straws in the Wind Department. The Straws in the Wind Department, which we have not been keeping up uh, too well lately. Hello, it's, uh, uh, you want the micro? I see we're using this different thing here. Hello, one tooth, that's better, yeah. That's right. This, you know what? Kind of, this microphone reminds me of the kind they used to sell. You could get them in the back pages of uh, Popular Mechanics. You ever see them, Joe? It says, amaze and mystify your friends. Your voice actually comes out of your very own radio. And it was, you get this microphone that says $1.98, and it has a cord that you attach in the back. I'll never forget my old man buying one of those. You know, it says, amaze and mystify your friends. And it had a picture you know, in, the, in the ad. And it shows the radio saying, Hello, this is Joe. I'm on the radio, folks. And it shows all his friends being amazed and mystified. And then you could see in the background Joe hide behind a curtain, see, with the, with the microphone. Well, my old man got one of those. And, and uh, I, I, this was one of the great traumatic moments in our family's life. How many of you out there, I'm asking a uh, rhetorical question that you're not expected to answer, except in your own soul, have... Uh, have had electricity problems in your life. Now, some people have it more than others. There are certain people who just never have this problem. In other words, how many of you have, have had some really, I mean, some really hair-curling shocks? Shocks. Electrical shocks. A lot of people have never had this. But those of us who have had goodies, I mean, really goodies, we don't forget it quick. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. In fact, my old man, you know, except for one of these things, you know, it says, amaze and mystify your friends. It says, uh, your own voice coming through your own radio set, uh, complete with script. They send you a little thing like uh, little commercials you can do and jokes you can tell through the radio. It says, your friends will be amazed and mystified, uh, and when you invite them over, they'll hear you coming out of the radio. So this really got the old man. You know, he was basically like most uh, uh, types out in that area. Has had a secret desire to be in showbiz. So he sent away to Buck ninety eight, and back came the microphone. It was a little round microphone. You know, it really actually looked like a bike. It had a little microphone, had a little. You know, the kind that had the uh, sort of flat. It had little round holes all around on it. You know, and uh, it was bronze colored. He said, "Jesus Christ, real microphone!" And it came with fifty feet of cord. See, so you could hide in the closet. You could stick the cord under the rug, you know, up around the back of the radio and hide the closet, and it had a button on the back. And uh, you were supposed to press the button when you wanted to talk over your radio. It would cut out the regular program, and on would come your voice, rich and full, and according to the uh, ad, realistic sounding. It would sound exactly as though you were on the radio. And it had a diagram with it. Now get this, Joe, you're an electrician type. The diagram said, here is how you hook it up. You didn't just plug it in. There's no place to plug in a mic on a radio, right? So it said, uh, it showed a diagram. It had the tube you're supposed to take out. Actually, what you took, you were supposed to pull out the first audio tube, right? And it, it, uh, it had a diagram that showed grid, plate, screen grid. You know, a picture diagram with the bottom of the tube. You know, this is a glass-type tube or a metal-type tube, you know, the tube with the plugs. And this 
this microphone was supposed to hook on the bottom of the tube. What you did, instead of just taking out the radio set, you know, and wiring it in the way you should have, really, uh, it had a little tiny ring-type, uh, almost like a little soldering lug, which fit right over the pin of the tube. You got it, see? Now, it said plate grid, and, and in red letters it says, do not confuse the two. It says, viewed from the top, you must connect it to the grid, right? Grid, and you connect the other lead from the microphone to the ground. As you know, on most tubes, the cathode is grounded, right? So it says, connect to the cathode. It says, do not mistake these two. So the old man, you know, gets done. He was a smart type. You couldn't tell my old man anything, you know. And at that point, remember, I was beginning my 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 amateur radio career. I knew a little bit about this. You think he'd ask me? Nah. You know. I said, but Dad, you know, ah, get out. Come on, I can read the diagram. Now, get out of the way. I'll hook this thing up now. Don't worry about it. So he takes the tubes out, you know, and he's putting this thing, and he runs the cord in the back, and he says, wait till your mother gets home. She's going to get the surprise of her life, right? <laughs> so, sure enough, <laughs> I hear my mother coming in the back door. The old man's got the radio tonight. Don't tell her I am. He's hiding behind a curtain in the dining room. The radio is in the living room, right? He's got the microphone, see? So he says, don't, don't, don't say it in there, wait. So, turn on the radio, turn it up, turn it up. So I turn up the radio, and you hear, the radio's playing away. My mother comes walking in, saying she expected to see the old man home. The car's out there in the garage, you know, she figured he's home. So she comes into the kitchen, she says, where's your dad? She says, I don't know, Ma, I don't know. He said, shh, go down, go down. I said, I don't know, Ma. She says, why you got the radio on so loud? So I'm just down, you know, I'm listening to it, Ma. Let's go, down, 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 down. And all of a sudden, the old man said, watch this now. I'm in the dining room. See, she's in the kitchen. She said, I can't stand it. I'm going to turn that radio down. So she runs through the dining room, going to the radio. And just at that point, the old man says, watch this. And he goes, zap. He presses the button. And just for one brief instant, he stood there. And then, boom. No, 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 Joe. No, no music. No, no. Bam. Well, I just want to tell you, friends, the curtains came down. The old man got such a shock from the radio through the microphone that his glasses, he had these, he had these uh, plastic rimmed glasses. Now, you, you know the, the brown kind that looked like fake horn rimmed? It's about like what you got on, you know? Yeah, he had these glasses. Well, he got such a shock that his glasses literally just twisted right off his head. It just went whap. Because he had it up to his nose, you see, the microphone. He was going to talk because the instruction said, hold the microphone close to your face. Obviously, this mic had no sensitivity whatsoever. And uh, you had to hold it right up and holler, and it would say. So he had it right up by the nose. When he pressed the button, the, sh the lightning bolt went from the microphone, bopped him on a nose. His glasses flew up. And by the way, the center part of his glasses were burnt. He got such a shock. <laughs> he come flying out. Of course, it didn't do anything to the radio except it blew out the entire power transformer, all the filters. Uh, forget the radio. You know, the radio went up in a smoke, a pile of ruins. Say, and, and he flew out from behind that curtain. The curtains came down. My mother walked out, and she looked at him. There he is sitting there with the smoking mic in his hand and the cord all the way under the rug to the radio. You could see smoke coming out from under the car. <laughs> she says, what did you do now? 
The old man was in such a such a state of shock that he didn't say what he ordinarily would have said. My old man had an answer for anything like that. He just sat there with his glasses smoking, you know, with his hand clutched on a mic. And I thought to myself, my God, there he is. That was one of the moments in my life when the when the scales fell from my eyes and I saw my old man for what he was. He was a complete smart. Well, the last word to that is three letters. The last two letters are S. The first one is an A. That's exactly what he was. A little music, please, Joan, to clear the atmosphere, please. I have to salute them smart you-know-whats, wherever they are. They're out there listening. There's Right now, there's a guy... I'll guarantee you right now there's a guy out there who just bought himself some kind of a cockamamie kit to build his own home-built electric organ. He's got his iron out, and he's about to blow the fuses for the next 14 counties around. Everywhere they are, they're out there. So let's sing a little song to them. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Thank you very much. That's the kind of microphone we're using here tonight, folks. If you wondered why all that started, that's why you got that hum and that hiss and everything else on it. Got one of these dollar ninety-eight mics. Came with uh, Mr. O'Neill's Pentron tape recorder he got for Christmas. <laughs> you know, while we're on the subject of great equipment, had that uh, electrical trauma. Uh, we've all had them. I mean, I, I had, I had. Uh, you know, when you're when you're a kid and you're involved in amateur radio, you get your more than your share. First of all, you're using very, very cheap equipment. Generally, you know, your stuff you you pick up in the junk shops all around the place, and it's usually worn. And generally, you don't know enough about it right from starters. But you're starting out with big stuff. One day, down in the basement of our home, I'm down in the basement one day, and I had built this workbench. And uh, and above the workbench, I had made, I, I ran a, a cord. Uh, we had a basement light, you know, that was on the ceiling down there. And I ran a cord from the basement light uh, to, uh, I had put a nail and, a, and an insulator. You know one of these nail insulators? I put an insulator above my bench with the wire coming down. And I was going to put a, a light over my workbench, right? And I was going to have my ham station and everything down there, see? Well, my mother, like most mothers... Uh, Reedy was very, very nervous about electricity, and she still to this day is. One of the things she said more than anything else all throughout, throughout my growing up days was, you're going to get a shock when I watch out. Uh, how many times have you been told you're going to get a shock? You know, and you know, ah, oh, come on, man, I know what I'm doing. See? So I am standing up on, on the workbench on this fantastically disastrous day, I'm standing up on a workbench, see, and I'm wiring this wire. I got it up there. Everything's cool, see. I've got the wire through the nail it insulator. I nail it, nail it down like that, see. So I ran the wire down. I wanted my light to be low over the bench, you know, so it cast a low, good light, see. And I had bought this green shade, which I got it low with, a glass green shade, you know, that kind sort of looks like a, a kind of the bottom half of a funnel, you know, green shade. And it was great looking lights, and I was really proud of this. So I'm I'm now connecting the actual light socket 
you know, the brass light socket with the switch on it. Now I climb down off the bench. I'm standing now on the ground, which was concrete floor, right? I'm, it's a basement. I'm standing on the concrete floor of the basement. My mother is down at the other end of the basement. She just happened to be present at this debacle. She's down at the other end of the basement, and she is doing her washing. Now, uh, we also had, uh, we had washing machine problems in our house. Uh, my mother had bought a washing machine, which she was totally devoted to. You know how some men get devoted to their cars? You know, they believe, like some guys believe in Oldsmobiles, you know, just like they believe in the Bible, or they believe in Pontiacs. Well, my mother had, an <laughs> had a washing machine. Did any of you hear of a washing machine named Four? Four. She had a Four washing machine. Four. Well, I remember one day asking her, I said, you know, I'm a little kid. I said, Mom, what does Thor mean? What does it mean? Thor. She said, what's the name of the washing machine? I said, well, what does it mean? She said, well, it's the name of the washing machine. I said, well, what does Thor mean, Mom? She said, well, it means the washing machine. <laughs> My mother, by the way, did not have an extensive education in Greek mythology. Uh, that's right. Speaking of mythology, this happens to be W.O.R. New York. We got plenty of them going around here. Myths, that is. Now, uh, you know, speaking of, uh, of you know, this, this business of electricity, you want to hear what happened, right? You want you want to hear the rest of this terrible story? Because you know, I think a lot of people grow up all through their lives innocently miss, uh, you know, miss some of the great uh, things that are available around. You know, some of the great experiences. Now, I'm not going to say getting a shock is an experience that you like. It's one you won't forget, though. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a truly unforgettable experience. I'm in a good one. I'm in a really goodie. When you get a a real banger, uh, it, it's an experience, and you begin to appreciate such things as capital punishment. Uh, <laughs> you think seriously about those things, you know, the, the hot seat and all. But uh, I'm just, I, I climbed down off my workbench, right? I'm putting up my 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 lamp. And my mother's down at the other end of the down the other end of the basement, working on her Thor washing machine. And it said Thor on it. And by the way, in case you're interested in the, in the in this uh, machine, it said Thor, T-H-O-R. And the letters were sort of like leaning forward. You know, it was, a, it was a decal on the side of the machine. The letters were really gruey-looking letters, see? And the T, the top part of the T, where the T crosses, was a lightning bolt. Zap! It was a big lightning bolt that went right through the rest of the H-O-R, you know, Thor, bam, lightning bolt. Well, at that time, I, I, uh, I kept asking my mother, I'm being a kid of age, you know, you ask these kind of questions when you get older. Unfortunately, older people never ask any questions at all. So uh, they'll have a car that says Electra on it, and they never ask themselves, well, what the hell is this Electra? Who is Electra? Now, probably some of you are driving Electras around, and you don't even know what Electra means. Who was Electra? There was an Electra, you know. Okay, you better have that. We'll leave you find that one out. Uh, it's like, you know, owning the Cadillac Oedipus. to become kind of a great car. Uh, you know, the Cadillac Narcissus. You know, the two little eyes with umlauts over it. Uh, but the, nevertheless, the, the Cadillac... <laughs> you, know, you don't know what the Electra means? You don't, huh? Well, uh, you just think about it, Joe. There's a lot you've got to learn, I'll tell you. So, uh, nevertheless, being a kid, see, I asked questions like that. I, I was kept after my mother. I kept saying, well, what is it? What is a Thor? You know, what is a Thor? She kept saying, it's the name of the washing machine, stupid. 
Your name is what? I says, Jean. She says, what does it mean? Well, I can't say gift of God. Some great, you know. <laughs> so uh, she says, what does it mean? I said, well, it's my name. She says, That's the name of the washing machine, Thor. Well, for a while, this was enough of an answer, but kids don't give up that easy. At least I didn't. And, uh, and they had a comic book out at that time that was about, did you ever see the comic book about Greek myths? Yeah, they had one called the Comic com, comic Classics, or something was called. And I got this comic book. I was, you know, I was into the comic book scene there at the time. I was eight. And they had a fantastic episode in the comic book about Thor. Thor, you know, Thor and Mercury. All those great guys. Thor, Mercury, and Athena, and all that. Right. Alexis. Oh, your name is Alexis? Oh, I see. <laughs> All right, I'll buy that. <laughs> but uh, there I am. See, I'm, I'm flailing around, and I'm reading this thing, and I said, Hey, Ma, hey, Ma, here's a story about the washing machine. She says, What? I said, Ma, here's a story about the washing machine. So she, she looks at the comic book, and here is Thor. I remember the first picture that Thor was Thor was up on some kind of clouds or something. Uh, you, know, you know how these gods, they don't walk around on Sixth Avenue and that stuff, so... He's in clouds or something like that, and Thor is apparently a god, say it. Apparently, now I know, definitely he was, but at that time, I was a little hazy on the subject. So, Thor, <laughs> Thor was hurling a thunderbolt. Yeah, he was throwing his thing, see, he's throwing his lightning. Well, you know, it's fantastic. I said, Ma, I wonder if that has anything to do with, the, with, the, with, our, with our washing machine, Ma. And she says, no, then they, our washing machine is Thor, it's a washing machine. I said, but it's got a lightning on the side of it. And she said, well, that's just the, you know, when you, when you really trap an adult like that, when they, when they really are in an area where they don't know anything, they sort of say, well, that's, uh, that's, that's all right. Uh, yes, it's, it's the name of the washing machine. You, know, <laughs> you have to accept that. So about uh, two or three weeks later after this, uh, this very intense, uh, extremely educational and intellectual discussion of Greek mythology with my mother related to the washing machine, I, uh, I, I, this, I'm mixing two stories up here, but I discovered what Thor was about. My mother's down in the basement one day working with that damn washing machine, and of course it's the basement, you know, and, and she's, she has it now on the drain. It's the draining, you know. It was this kind of washing machine that was round, had a great big uh, agitator in the middle of it, you know, gong, gong, gong. When that washing machine would go, you could hear it for about four blocks. And when she got that washing machine going full blast, like if she had a couple of rag rugs and stuff in it, and it's really hitting it, you know, really going like hell, you could feel the floor <laughs> literally shake. It was one of these, you know, gunk, 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 gunk. She's pouring bluing in it, you know, gunk, gunk, gunk. And you can smell the rinso white. She always used rinso. You can smell rinso in the bluing. Gunk, 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 gunk. And it had, a, a, it had one of these ringers, you know, that you think you shift the gears and the ringers go around and all that stuff. And we had to just, you know, kids uh, pick up on these real bad jokes. Uh, and these jokes, incidentally, uh, persist. I'm sure that every kid has heard the joke about uh, grandmother catching a very uh, crucial part of her anatomy in the ringer. You mean you've never heard about that? You have, Jerry, but the Joe has not. You tell Joe in there. I don't know what kind of a wonderful neighborhood he grew up in where they didn't talk like that. But, uh... <laughs> well, yeah, you... No, no, no. This was this was a... No, for heaven's sake. You, you were living in uh, marginal living if you had washboards and, 
Good God. No way. That, well, no, 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 no. That's a, I don't know what kind of primitive life you lived as a kid, Joe. Were you living in a cave or what? I see. Your father had an ox cart? Uh-huh. Yeah. I see. <laughs> Get out of here. Well, anyway, one day we're down in a basement. <laughs> my mother's my mother's working this machine. <laughs> and I'm up in the I'm up in the uh, in the in the kitchen right above, you know. And I'm making knocking together a sandwich or something. Seeing it's a hot day, and she's down, and you hear this machine gunk 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 gunk, and all of a sudden it goes gunk gunk gunk. It stops. It goes gunk. And you hear a lot of banging, and all of a sudden my mother says. Hurry up! Somebody come down! Come on down! Hurry up! <laughs> the machine is going. So I come running down the stairs. My kid brother's after me, and there's my mother down there, and she's pulling on this rug, right? And the rug is in the. In the she's got a rag rug, and she's trying to get it out of the <laughs> out of the machine, and it's all tangled up, and she can't get to the switch, and the machine is. It's all jammed up. See, it's going. And suddenly, boom! Boom! You should have seen that. Blue smoke came out of the bottom of the machine, and there was a great roar of fire. <laughs> and that motor, I'm telling you, went up in a in a gout of blue flame that uh, it just lit up the whole basement. Somehow, I got the idea in my mind that th this was a very well named washer. I mean, you know, Thor, the thunderbolts, <laughs> and the whole bit. And, and she, you know, she, my mother stood there, see, and this thing is smoking, and all the stuff is flying out. <laughs> I threw the switch off. See, the switch was right by the door. So I turned the switch off, which cut off the outlet down there. Yeah, and, and that was it. So, well, she couldn't get around to the switch on the, on the machine, so I, I cut it up by the door there. See, we had a door, a switch to control the outlet down there. I don't know what you're talking about, but it, whatever it was, I had to turn that switch off. So I turn the switch up, and the smoke is coming out of the machine. And, and she's standing there with the rug and the bluing. You could smell it all. And, and you know that smell of ozone you smell when you've, you had a really good shock around the house? <laughs> Mother's, she's, you know, she, she always suspected, apparently, this would happen. You see, uh, my mother's type of lady always suspects the worst when dealing with electrical equipment. One day it's going to happen. You know, one day my father's tie is going to get in the toaster, you know, <laughs> and blow up, it's going to go, you know. Uh, she's always suspecting that. Oh, yeah, we had a toaster one time, I'll tell you. We had a toaster one time, Joe. It was a fantastic moment. Uh, we had this toaster, which, uh, which you know, we were always getting these things on special discount deals. So, yeah, your cockamamie name toaster, you know, some kind of a jiffy, a snappy toaster. So we get out and get the toaster. My old man's real proud of it, see, because he knew a place where Sherby knew a place where you could go. There was a garage where a guy sold stuff at less than wholesale prices. You know, you shouldn't tell your neighbors that you got it, see. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Very secret, see. Yeah, shush, hush, see. So the old man buys this toaster. Well, he brings it back. He's all proud of it. Oh, wow, you know. And there it was. You know, it looked like it was made out of Reynolds wrap. You know, it was all uh, silver-colored toaster, see. And it actually looked like a toaster. It had a thing that said, uh, uh, how to adjust the darkness of your toast, you know, light or dark and all that. So it worked for about three days. We'd never had a toaster in the house before, you know. And my mother, we really loved this toaster. See, it worked for about three days. 
And on the fourth day, we're sitting at the kitchen table, and the old man is proudly working his toaster. He liked to push the thing down, you know. It says, uh, put the toast in. It had four slices. You put the slices in, and you push it down. He says, uh, how, uh, what do you say we have our toast today, uh, medium brown? And it had a, a little dial on the side. It says medium brown, medium light, light. You know, he loved to adjust it. He was a great guy for adjusting knobs and stuff. See, oh, yeah, listen, had he lived, he would have been... Uh, he would have loved hi-fi. Oh, God, he'd have had more stuff with green lights that light up, you know, and spectrum expanders and all that stuff. So he says, oh, how would you like your toast this morning? What do you say we have at uh, medium brown? Uh, everyone, uh, the law set for medium brown? Yeah, you know, yeah. So he turns it out to medium brown. He says, oh, now let's take the toast. And he would buy special, because, you know, he was, a, he was new toaster operator, see, he buys bread that was cut for a toaster. Have you seen that bread, that square bread that says toaster cut? So he he puts it for in there, and he says, all right, now, here we go. He says, uh, you know, this automatically ejects the toast when it's uh, completed. And it makes that hum, you know, when he pushes it down. And uh, he picks up the papers. and says, oh, we'll have our toast in a few moments. Uh, how's the oatmeal coming? Uh, oatmeal. Uh, every time I think of oatmeal, you know, I get this crinkly feeling up in the back of my neck. I hated oatmeal. I still hate oatmeal. So how's the oatmeal coming? My mother's fixing the oatmeal. How's the oatmeal? So he takes the papers. Oh, well, I see. By God, the Sox won a ball game. What do you know? Why, that's the second game they won since May. Let's see. Who did it? Uh, 17 to 12. Yeah, they pulled one out of the fire. <laughs> All right, George, you're sitting there reading this thing. See, now I'm sitting on the other side of the table. My kid brother's on. You know, he's waiting. And, and all of a sudden, the toaster goes, bah! like that. It just went, bah! you can hear the springs, and it goes, bang! <laughs> Four pieces of toast in flames shot out of the top of this thing. They're burning. Smoke is flying. The old man says, what? Hey, what's the matter here? And he starts to jiggle his thing, and there was a spring in it. Somehow there was a spring, you know, that was supposed to eject the toast. It was stuck. Have you ever seen toast get half stuck in there? It's burning like hell, see? And he says, quick, 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 unplug it. Hey, come on, stupid, unplug it. My mother's got a big thing full of oatmeal, you know. She doesn't know. She's got the oatmeal, and she turns around, and she drops the pan, the oatmeal, all over the floor. She says, what do you want? He's unplugging the toaster. Uh, hurry up, stupid. He's, he's working the damn thing, trying to get it up. And she runs over, and, and you know, she's just about at where the plug plugs in the wall there by the sink. She's just about to the plug when the toaster did it. He got it loose. The spring went, four flaming slices of toast flew out. Two of them hit the ceiling. One of them slid into the into the dining room, and the old man is jumping around, kicking a toast that's burning on the floor there, and the toaster is burning up. I mean, you could see blue flames coming out. We get the thing unplugged. And it was one of the very rare times that I've seen my father work with absolute total dispatch. Here was the toaster burning, smoke coming out of it. My mother has unplugged it. He just grabbed the toaster. It was hotter than hell. And he's hot. Oh, it's hot. He grabbed the toaster, ran to the kitchen window, which was open. It was a very hot day. And just threw the damn toaster right out the window. <laughs> and it just arched down. You hear it could crash down below, you know, down in the driveway. We sat there. Now, there's several things that have to be brought out. One, this toaster was the anniversary present to my mother. Now it's out in the driveway, smoking. 
and we got burning toast all over the floor. We've got oatmeal over there under the under the stove. My mother's standing in her bathrobe, you know, looking scared because the old man is really mad now. He's really mad. He says, "Damn that, Shirley! Out there! What kind of a toaster is this?" And he runs into the next room and he calls Sherby. That's the guy that took him down there, you know, to buy it at this place where he had this friend who worked out of a warehouse, a garage warehouse where they sold stuff and you shouldn't tell your friends where you got it because it was, uh, you know, very, very low price and you somehow you were getting a real deal. He calls Sherby. I remember the call. Hello, Sherby! And you hear this. Wah, 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 wah. He says, oh, you know, it's my toaster. Yours did what? Apparently, Sherby's toaster blew up and caught the curtains on fire. They had the police department and the fire department over there. <laughs> you, know, you know that that toaster was a cause celeb in our family for years. And every time my old man, you know, he loved to think he was getting a deal. He loved, you know, you know, a deal where, where uh, yeah, did I ever tell you about the time? I think I did tell you about the time the old man came home. He says, hey, listen, you, look, he said, uh, you should see the deal I'm getting. My mother immediately, she gets a sick look on her face. All right, what is it? You know, he says, listen, there's a guy down at the office who knows a guy in South Chicago who has a connection with one of the tire companies, and he can get tires at one-third of the wholesale price. Now, these are tires that, uh, you know, they, uh, uh, they say, I know how to get them, but they, they can get them. You heard about that one, did you? Did I ever tell that story, how the old man went down and got a set of uh, white walls for the Oldsmobile, went around to this garage someplace on the south side of Chicago, got the white walls, right? And two weeks later, we're sitting there eating supper, and there was a heavy knock on the door. The old man says, oh, there's someone at the door. Just one moment, please. Perhaps I have won the lottery. And, uh, you know, he was always entering contest. You know, there's someone at the door. I have won the lottery. And he gets up and walks the door, opens it up, and there stands a seven-foot-high, 295-pound policeman in a blue suit with a great big badge. And he says, uh, your name, uh, Shepard? The old man says, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yes, sir, officer. He says, do you own... Uh, a car that uses 616 white wall tires? It's a dead silence. My mother immediately sinks down behind a sink. Why, uh, yes, uh, as a matter of fact, that's <laughs> true. Said, well, uh, may I see those tires, please? Well, they're out on the Oldsmobile. Yeah, uh, <laughs> out in the garage. Uh, yes, of course, officer. I'll be glad to show you my tires. I suppose you're running some kind of a survey here. You want to find out what kind of tires? No, sir, we're not running a survey. Show me those tires, please. And he had that sound in the voice, you know, that any minute now the cuffs were going to come out. You know, the old man is going to be up against the garage with his hands up, you know, and they're going to be frisking him for his union card and the whole bit, you know. So they go out the garage, we're all peeking out. What the hell happened, see? And sure enough, the cop, he's writing stuff down. I can see the old man waving his hands in the air, you know, and he's explaining some of the cops writing down. And the cop comes back up on the porch, and I hear him say, uh, of course, you you realize that uh, they'll have to be confiscated, and uh, naturally, uh, uh, any loss that ensues will be naturally yours. Uh, I just thought you ought to know that, and uh, you'll not be held for any sort of uh, criminal trial. You know, that's all. Hey, yeah, of course. Hey, <laughs> George, <laughs> these things happen, officer. Well, I suppose they do. And the cop goes off and drives away in his squad car, and the old man comes back in and sits down at the table. 
just sits down. He's white. I mean, he's white. He's as white as Ralston, as cream of wheat. Which, by the way, we sell, we, we used to celebrate Sunday by having cream of wheat for breakfast instead of uh, oatmeal, you know. So he sits down. He's white as a sheet. Doesn't say a word. Never says a word. I mean, you know, this, this, this is what must have happened to many a Watergate defendant. You know, <laughs> he came home and his wife said, what's the matter? You know? <laughs> and my mother finally had a say. She says, what did he want? Oh, nothing. I said, he said, we took care of it. She said, what, what happened? Well, there's uh, some uh, confusion about the uh, tires. A little confusion. We straightened it out. But what do you mean, confiscate? I heard him say he was going to confiscate. Con- Does that mean take the, the highest word? Oh, uh, yes. Uh, they'd like to uh, keep them uh, as uh, an exhibit or something. Uh, I'll have to get another set of tires. Uh, I'll go down to Sears this afternoon. Buy tires? We just bought new tires for the car. We can't afford another set of tires. See, my mother was the one who was in charge of the budget. The old man was in charge of yelling. And so <laughs> he says, Look, he said, we're going to get a new set of tires. Now, don't bother me. Now, stop it. He sat there and he said, get madder, madder. And my kid brother finally picked it off. My kid brother's sitting there. See, he's right in the middle of his, uh, well, he's right in the FBI uh, peace and war stage. See, this guy, he, he, well, you know, he was really into this crime stuff. You know, the kid brother's always, you know, reading. And he says, uh, hey, Dad, were those tires stolen? The old man turns and looks at him. He says, don't you ever say anybody, don't mention that to anyone in the neighborhood. Now you keep that to yourself. I did not steal them tires. The kid says, well, did, were they stolen, Dad? Did somebody else steal them? Look, I didn't know anything about that. Now shut up, don't mention it again. You hear me? Yeah. That was covered up. This was one of the great... We're used to cover-ups now, right? This was one of the great cover-ups in our family. It was never mentioned in our family again. The white wall tires that the old man got on the south side of Chicago. Never mentioned. I will say this, though. It was very interesting to see the Oldsmobile up on blocks. Uh, <laughs> and the old man taking the bus to work. That, that kind of caused a... A little talk around the neighborhood. The car was sitting up on blocks, and and uh, there were two guys came in a police van. It said police garage on the side, and took the car, the tires off the car. Now I know Mrs. Bruner was looking out from the curtains and saw that happen, and I'm sure that Mrs. Anderson saw it too. But nobody ever mentioned it, and it was never mentioned in our family. So if you ever get out in that neighborhood, don't bring it up. <laughs> it was just our judge. Well, now of course the toaster was another, you know, very much of the same. Uh, very much in the same department. But you see, since my mother had been given this toaster on her anniversary, she figured it was okay for her to bring it up once in a while, which she did at, at very crucial moments. So when the old man would get all excited, he said, Hey, listen, oh, wow, you want to see the used Pontiac that they got down the friendly fence? You wouldn't believe it. It's only got 12 miles on it. I mean, you know, there was this paralyzed Presbyterian minister that his congregation gave him this car as a gift. Now, he just died, and the car has not been used two years old. It's got 12 miles on it. 
I mean, it's sitting right down there, brand new. They got the guarantee on it. I'm going to say, oh, another toaster. He said, won't you forget that damn toaster? Why do you always bring up that toaster? Now, you know that Sherby told me I don't want to hear about that toaster. She said, I won't mention it. I won't mention it again. He said, well, the night that they... <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, every family has these little moments. I mean, I'm sure that if, if you were able to delve into every family's life, you would find that there are things which are not mentioned uh, due to unbelievable embarrassing... Well, listen, I can bring it up. I, you already want to talk about another one. It was another fantastic moment. My mother had one. Now, come on. I mean, uh, there was the time that, that, again, I was home. I was home with a cold. I was sick, you know, from school. I was laying in the bed there. And all of a sudden, I hear all this talking out there, you know, a lot of yelling and talking going on, and this guy's talking away there. And, and I get up, and I go off to the next room, and I'm wearing my bathrobe, and here's some guy in the house, and he's running around, and he's in the kitchen, and he's cooking in our kitchen. Some guy, and he said, and now, if you'll notice that this pan here, if it's set properly, it will pair apples, it will it will core pears, and uh, this machine over here, now, look at this one. Uh, you'll notice that this pan here is a perfect pan for cooking mussels, oysters, and various shellfish. Now, uh, the uh, mussels connect to this thing, and he's got all these pans all laid out, in a, in a big rack. He's got about 500 aluminum pans with little knobs and stuff, apple cookers, and he has given my mother a job like you wouldn't believe. And she said, oh, that's very nice. Well, I'll have to show that to Mrs. Bruner. Why else? You bring Mrs. Bruner in and we'll... By that night, we owned $1,275 worth of aluminum pans used for cooking shellfish, which incidentally we never ever saw in that neighborhood. We never paired pears and never canned the bananas and whatever all that other stuff was for. And the night that my old man came home and found that he was the proud possessor of $1,200 worth of aluminum ware, I want to tell you, I mean, I want to tell you, he hit the ceiling. Have you ever, ever actually seen a man actually hit the ceiling? I mean, I mean, actually hit the ceiling. My mother had all these pants, see? And by this time, she realized what she'd done. You know, it was about two hours after this, this Sharpie with the, with the patent leather hair had left. He was really, you know, he made a big, <laughs> he made a fantastic sale, see? And his teeth are gleaming, you know. And my mother's got the payment book. Uh, we, you know, we were paying on that well until the late 1960s. So, oh, yes, that was like the national Finland debt. So uh, the old man came in the kitchen that night, and by this time my mother's a little worried, you know, and she's got all the pots and pans, and she's got them all laid out there. And the old man comes home, and he says, what the hell is all this? And she says, well, uh, you know, we've, we've been needing a new kitchenware, and, and uh, he said, what the hell is this? Look at this. All we need is a frying pan. What is this? She said, well, this nice man came. You know, he comes from Mishawaka, and uh, he came in, and, and they, he, he, these are guaranteed. They're lifetime guaranteed. He said, how much? How much? She said, well, now, don't get excited. Don't get excited. He said, well, how much? How much is this? How much is this? Now, 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 don't get excited. So you've got to realize that you don't pay for this all at once. This, uh, you pay for it uh, by installments, you know, and it's just a few dollars a month. It's only Actually, it's only $9 a month. The old man looks around at the pots and pans. He says, all right, how many months? She says, well, here's the book, and here was the book, you see. Each page was for a month. The book was three inches thick. This is my God! How much did you pay for this? She says, well, uh... Actually, you shouldn't think of it that way. It's an investment, you know. He said, investment, hell! Let me see this. He takes the book. He looks. 
That's $1,200. Oh! Well, it hit him so hard, it was like an electric shock went through him. I never in my life have seen a man actually leave his feet, fly up, and his head hit the ceiling. He actually hit the ceiling. Got a hell of a crack on the back of his head. Landed on his feet, and he was running. So, you know, it was a standoff. Whenever my mother would bring up the toaster, the old man would bring up the pots and pans. She would bring up the tires. Then he would bring up the time she blew up the washing machine because she tried to wash a 400-pound lug in it. And so it was a standoff. Large numbers of months would go by, and none of these things would be mentioned, but they would be lying below the surface. Because you could see the, the place on the table where the toaster burned it. And a big black place with a poster burning down in the basement. You could see that big scar in the wall where the Thor washing machine blew up. Out in the garage, you could see a set of new tires. Yes. You could see the oh. So everybody has the scars he has to live with. These are the things that Freud didn't know about. These traumas deep down within you. Thor hurling his thunderbolts.